When I wake up in the morning, love. It's Melinda Treadwell here on the campus corner at Keene State College. Welcome back to all of our listeners out there and those who are tuning in by uh, stream or will join us by podcast. Thank you for listening into the campus corner. This is a program here on WKNH Keene 91.3 FM, and you can also follow us on WKNH.org, student-run radio here at Keene State. And I'm thrilled to be in studio today. Daniel Saletti is going to be running our board. He's a senior here at Keene State. And then in studio with me today, Savannah Nickerson. Savannah is a junior, graduating early. We're going to talk about that. But she has a major in English literature and a minor in professional writing. And so for the next half hour, we're going to get to know Savannah and what her experience has been at Keene State. And thank you all for tuning in. So Savannah, the Campus Corner is a program where we try to introduce for... Anyone who's listening, so it could be parents, prospective students, current students, members of the community, introduce them to the various corners of campus and the people who make this college what the great community that it is. So where are you from and what brought you to Keene State is usually the way I like to start. Yeah, so I am from a small town called Colchester in Connecticut. Um, I originally came to Keene State to become an English teacher for high school students, but that quickly changed, um, and I found my niche in the English degree. So tell me a little bit. So a lot of students choose. It's our most popular major, the, the teacher education preparation program. So when you came, you thought you'd be an English teacher in high school. Quickly changed why? Were you turned opened up to something that you hadn't thought about or just realized that wasn't where you wanted to be? Um, I realized that it really wasn't where I wanted to be. I love kids. I know that I want to work with kids and I want to work with English degrees and all that jazz, but I don't want the structure yes. of an education like career mm-hmm. and being a teacher. It's just so much structure. And I think it's really important to know that that's, that's one of the great things about going to college is that you find where you want to be. And what you think, I've changed careers nine times, so it's okay. Um, I think that's probably a really good thing. It shows that you like to adapt and go toward where your passions are. So tell me what those early experiences were like when you found the English literature and the work that you wanted to do. What what really opened you up for that? Um, I'd have to say Professor Stroop mm-hmm. was my favorite person in the mm-hmm. whole entire world and still is and he really opened up my eyes to the world of literature in a different perspective he's mm-hmm. very dedicated to his work and I just want to follow that I love like Jane Austen mm-hmm. and John Keats and I would love to study them so Professor William Stroop is an incredible member of our faculty here what is it about how he approaches his scholarship and the works that you study with him that that is most exciting The class structure that he has isn't really sit down, lecture, take notes, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really, you come in, you have this lots of complex work that he introduces to you. And the first couple times I was not thriving in his class because it was a very different kind of way of teaching. Mm -hmm. He really asked you questions that you were to ponder for the next couple of weeks and then you a month later you have the answer and you're like wait no I have the answer now <laughs> kind of thing and how do you how do you explore it like when I think of literary questions and the work that um has so as a scientist I also love literature and I think one of the most um creative parts of exploring literature is just that it opens your mind in ways that the structure of science doesn't so there's more facile 
movement through what the author was trying to create. There's the ability for you to really go deeper on different topics, but I always do better when I'm in discussion groups with people who are reading with me, book clubs or those sorts of things. Did you use that with your classmates or with Professor Stroop? Did he guide you through kind of explorations deeper and deeper into Yeah, he's for he's for sure about all about discussion. Um, and it's really class oriented, student oriented. Mm-hmm. But the way he portrays his literature, um, context and syllabus and all that kind of stuff, he makes it like I can't even find the words for it, but yeah, <laughs> he's just interesting in the way that he portrays himself and how he's dedicated to his work. Yeah, he's he is incredible. He and I started as faculty colleagues together, so I had the joy of knowing him as a colleague. Mm-hmm. We were in two very different departments, but worked with him a number of times. And, and just, I think, the unassuming way he walks in the world and the depth of who he is, mm-hmm. somehow those are really... Um, that is him. And yeah, yeah. it's fascinating that he opened and is the person you would say has opened you up more than anything to literature. Um, so how did you, in your early classes, decide that you wanted to combine a minor in professional writing with this deep exploration of literature as really your your mainstay, with, but then wrapping it with a professional minor? So sophomore year, I was offered... Um, an interview position kind of thing with the Writing Center or mm-hmm. the Center for Research and Writing. Yes. Um, and I believe it was Professor Sharp or Professor Stroop who had offered, said, hey, I think you'd be really good for this job. And I got it. I did the training course in the fall and I became a tutor. And then all of a sudden my world just opened up completely. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, this is what I want to do. <laughs> So to combine the literature with the professional writing and the the writing development. Um, For those who may not know our Center for Research in Writing, um, where is it? What is the work of that center? And uh, what has it meant for you uh, as being a member of that team? Yeah, so we are located at 81 Blake Street. It's right next to the math center, the little small building. Looks like a home, and it is a home. Um, And we also are located in the library, right? As you walk in, we have a help desk that people can come in with, like, drop-in questions, kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like that. We do a range of things at the center. We do resumes, cover letters, ITW papers, Mm -hmm. essays, projects, public speaking, Anything that you feel stumped on, we can come help. Like, just come in and we can come help you mm-hmm. kind of deal. And this is, um, I think it was at one point the Center for Writing, and then we broadened it as a campus, recognizing that students who were working on multiple forms of presentation that would engage writing, but also um, perhaps oral presentation and, and ways to work. Um, and it's exciting to see that students hear this and, and use the center. And I think adding the help desk in the library has been a tremendous extension. Now, I hear a lot, the I, you mentioned the ITW course, so that's our integrated thinking and writing course here mm-hmm. at the college. It's an entry uh, requirement in our first year of for students in the curriculum. Um, what has your experience been with students in that course? What was your experience? Like, like what did that mean for you? And, and how are students coming to the Center for Writing um, for support? I personally loved my ITW. I had real world thinking and writing, so mm-hmm. I was I had a choice on what I wanted to write about, mm-hmm. which helped tremendously. Yes. Um, but with the students now, with the ITWs that I see coming into the center, there is a lot of timidness, um, yeah. and people are not really sure that they need help. They're not really sure that they really should be here, mm-hmm. but they really should. Doesn't 
like your essay could be fantastic, mm-hmm. but you're stuck on citations or you're yes. stuck in brainstorming or something like that. And that's what we help with. So I think it's it's been a little like pulling teeth with some right. ITW students, <laughs> trying right. to get them like involved with us and what we do and and like knowing that we're just here to help. Right. I think it's um, so I was a first stu- um member of my family to go to college, a first-generation student. We have 58% of our incoming class this year was first-generation students. And I guess for me, asking for help feels, you are a little timid, you know, and I think it is having people like you in the Center for Research and Writing and having students there to help peer-to-peer support really does help open that up. I still ask people to help me with my writing. I mean, I still bring, whenever I write anything, I have um, colleagues who work with me and I'm thinking, oh, I'm totally stuck. I want to express this. I'm not doing it well. And I think it is the one of the most critical skill sets, how to express yourself in written mm-hmm. form clearly and well. And and this center is a, a huge part of that. Um, so you applied for the job, and then there was perf- like training to get you ready for it. How did that work for yeah, you? Yeah, so my group, there's only, I believe, five or six of us mm-hmm. that were said, yes, we want you, you pass the interview kind of deal. Right. Um, but we were kind of a group that was urgently needed for yes. the writing center because we had a bunch of gra- uh, seniors that graduated that year, and we yes. needed a couple people to fill the spots. So we're the only group that actually went through a um, accelerated training course. Great. So it was more like an internship kind oh, of great. deal. Okay. So we did a bunch of field work and course load stuff, but we only met once a week. Um, so that was really interesting. But usually every year, every spring year, there is a um, actual class that students can take. And at the end, they can be interviewed and hopefully get the job. Perfect. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We'll be right back. This is the Campus Corner. I'm Melinda Treadwell, and we'll be right back after a short station break with Savannah Nickerson. Thanks. Good morning. It's Melinda Treadwell back here on the Campus Corner at WKNH.org or 91.3 FM. This is student-run radio at Keene State. Thrilled to be with you this morning. In studio, we have Savannah Nickerson, we're going to talk about her uh, student status because she's a junior, but she's graduating this year. So um, we're going to come back to that. But when we went to break, we were discussing your work in the Center for Research and Writing um, and the training that, that goes into that work. I know also um, the work that you're doing in that center has such an impact on students really developing their writing skills. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what that feels like for you as a student, an upper-class student, helping an entry-level student kind of find their voice through their writing. What does that feel like for you? It really solidifies my experience with wanting to have that teaching background. Mm -hmm. Um, I love having students come in, especially freshmen or sophomore, that I really don't really know how to write a college paper. They're, They're stuck in this high school mindset, which is totally fine. Um, and seeing them break through and and start writing in their actual strong voice and mm-hmm. their and their their way of writing and it's it's just such an amazing experience to see. It feels like you've done the perfect connection of wanting to teach, but not necessarily interested in the formal structure of of the classroom environment or the formal structure of a teacher certification per se, but that you're doing that through your passion for literature and then. Um, finding your your voice yourself in that professional writing minor it's it's incredible to kind of see how you've you've put that together um, you also mentioned to me that you're involved in the KSC Scripter which is our literary journal could you tell me more about what that is 
So Casey Scripter is a collaboration with UNH. They also have a Scripter journal, which is just called UNH Scripter. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been on campus for a couple of years, but it hasn't really been known. Um, So what we do is we run, this past year, we ran two or just one flash fiction contest with UNH. So we had advertised that we were doing this October flash fiction contest, submit it, to UNH and you can have a chance to win and be published in the in the journal that we print at the end of the spring semester and so that's really what we've been doing I've been doing a lot of groundwork on bringing the the club back Mm -hmm. onto campus and getting people to notice it Um, and we have we have ideas to take it in the direction where we have an online publication and it's like a blog form for students to submit any work that they want and then it be published online so that they have something they can put on their resume. This is the thing that blows me away when I have students in studio with me and I've interviewed folks from WKNH, the student-run radio station. I've interviewed folks who help with the Putnam Theater and our film studies uh, club that, that curates and does film programs, the theater and dance. And now we have another club that actually like the Equinox, will have both print and online content for people to curate, create, post, exchange. Um, I'm very impressed with the passion. I mean, what what draw, drew you to the scripter? Was it already in existence, or have you really helped resurrect it with a few of your classmates? It was still in existence, but my boss at the Writing Center, Kate yeah. Tarabasi, yes. she kind of threw it onto my yeah. lap and said, hey, this is a great idea. I think you should do it. Run with it. You can be the president. Like Incredible. You can have the title. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess. Um, so it was a lot of learning the background and the history of it because mm-hmm. no one on campus knew what it was. So me and another student who is a writing tutor, um, Julia Messenger, she has been a great help in getting everything off the ground. And we've been tabling now, pumpkin lobotomy, we were there Mm -hmm. and everything like that. So it's really just been about opening it up to students again. And another piece of what I love about Keene State is you don't have to be a writing major, I suspect, Mm -hmm. or uh, uh, someone who is in our journalism or broadcast um, studies areas to be involved in some of these different clubs. So it's open to all students, I suspect, who want to try to learn and post and expand their experience with fiction or nonfiction writing. That's just really cool. Um, So what's next for the scripter? What's your plan for this year? Any plugs you want to put out? This this year we're going to do, we're going to do monthly tabling. Mm -hmm. We're going to have prompt nights. We're going to do coffee houses. We're really ambitious, but I want to have at least one event a month um, just so that we can get get noticed by other people that What's a prompt night? I'm sorry to interrupt you. So (laughs) a prompt night is basically you have a bunch of prompts and you write them together and then you share them and it's just a collection of ideas. I actually do it right now. I'm an intern at Avenue A, which is a teen center in Antrim. And I do, I coordinate with the middle school and high school writing society groups um, to do prompts every Tuesday night. Okay, so now you've taken me in a whole new direction. <laughs> uh, Savannah, also you are working in Antrim yes. at a teen center. What took you there? Um, and so this idea of prompt night um, took us here, but what, what took you to get involved with the, the teen center? Yeah, so I'm in the internship class for the English degree, um, and this also kind of fell on my lap. I went into one of their, um, I think it was an open mic night, and Kate Tarabasi had offered it to me, and she said, hey, I think this is a really cool thing. So I went with a friend, 
and I fell in love with the place. Like it is such a little quaint little area, mm-hmm. um, and it's for all for students who have are coming from not so great backgrounds. Um, and so yeah, so I kind of, it just kind of fell into my lap. It's incredible. And, and the coordinator was like, "Do you want to be my intern?" And I was like, sure. <laughs> so you go out to Antrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, how often? Every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night and prompt night, uh, open mic, just ways to get the kids that are coming in engaged with each other and and thinking about finding their own voices. Uh, That's incredible. Thank you for doing that. It means a lot. Um, So the scripter, Mm -hmm. prompt nights, open mic nights, um, and then these flash fiction type of prompts with UNH. I hope you really excel. And I really want to try to find out when some of those prompt nights are and try to come and uh, see if my geeky super techie writing can actually become more fun and um, stretch my brain a little bit, which would be great. Um, So you're in your junior year, but you're graduating with a major and a minor and all of the work that you're doing that we've already talked about that are kind of outside the classes that you are completing. How did you do that? Um, I was pretty ambitious in high school. I took some college course classes in high school that excelled me to be graduating a semester early so I'd be graduating if I didn't do this I'd Mm -hmm. be graduating next winter and I'm a person that just needs to get something done like completely and Mm -hmm. I was like you know what why don't I just why don't I just do it in three years and everyone was (laughs) like "Mm, I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that but she was like yeah I I think I'm gonna do that so and so you've planned since you came here no, I I actually my the end of my freshman year I said you know what I think I can figure this out if I take one more extra extra class this semester and mm-hmm. take three summer classes because I was in Keene this past summer anyways yes. so I just was like let's just do it fabulous and and I I can't I mean for the students who are thinking can you do a degree in three years at Keene State can you find your way to it if you're driven and want to um, I keep hearing from our students those who've either stayed for four years but gotten two degrees or done the three-year and done a major-minor combination, I think the level of motivation is exceptional Mm -hmm. and um, says a lot about our students. So, but are you tired? I mean, it's your senior year. Are you having some fun too? (laughs) Yeah, I'm having so much fun. Um, I just, I immerse myself in the writing center work. That's what I want to do with a career. Um, So I, I just... I kind of want to move on to the next step already. Yeah, so. you're just ready. Yeah. And do you? what do you think is next? Now, this is an unfair question. You're, <laughs> you're graduating in a couple of months, and this isn't high stakes, and you don't need to know. But, but what are your hopes? Where do you want to go? Um, I do want to take a couple months off. I would love to couch surf a little bit. My brothers are down in Florida, and my family's out in Colorado, so I'd love mm-hmm. to spend some time just chilling out mm-hmm. but I do want to go get my PhD mm-hmm. in writer's comp at hopefully Northeastern fabulous really <laughs> um, good program yeah and and do that and hopefully open up my own writing center for for underprivileged students so where so thank you that's incredible <laughs> and what is it a combination of your experiences that have taken you to that vision? Um, and did this start even before you came to Keene State, thinking this is where you want to go? It did not come mm. to me before I came here. I always had the direction of English teacher, you're going to settle down, yeah. you're going to have a family, this is what you're going to do. But now I've discovered, wait, no, I don't want to do that. I yeah. want to go explore and get as much education as I can. And mm. then I want to help other students reach that as well. And has the experience in Antrim been a part of why the focus on writing support for underserved communities or those at greatest need? 
Yes, those kids are so bright, but they go home to a home that's not amazing. Mm -hmm. And we have this little two-hour session every night where they can just be themselves, be confident in their writing. Mm -hmm. And they have a direction. Like, they know what they're going to do with their writing. They just college seems so unattainable unattainable for them yeah. um, because of what they come from. And when you work with Edgar, so this is one of the things I'm really um, challenged by in my role is I do a lot of reading and researching and talking with groups about the challenges of our region, recognizing that we're a public institution and should be giving back. Mm-hmm. And our students give back so much and our faculty and staff. But I, I think it's this issue of poverty, this issue of um, a growing gap in the more rural regions in the country. And I think you've put your finger on the thing that keeps me up at night. So mm-hmm. I have a six-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, mm-hmm. and I, I just think about their future and their peers and the kids that are falling behind simply because they don't have access to some of the opportunities. Um, so the kids that you're working with, what age group are they? They are from middle school, so sixth grade, to all the way to seniors in high school. Okay, so these are these are young talents that are mm-hmm. that are going to find their way mm-hmm. or potentially get lost if they don't have some opportunities to show them. I mean, I think a lot of those those uh, young minds might just not know what the options are for them. So yeah. knowing someone like you and seeing what's possible yeah. really makes a difference. So we're Colorado, by the way, mm-hmm. who's awesome. I'm yeah. excited to hear, and, and I hope you'll stay in touch and let me know what you're seeing out there. Yeah. Um, but Florida to Colorado, do you think you'll want to be nearby when you come back, or will you go somewhere else you don't know? I don't want to be in the Northeast anymore, yeah. ever. I, like, <laughs> I just Connecticut can't. to Keene, and you're out. Okay. I'm out of here. I, I love New Hampshire. I'd love to come back yeah. at some point, but for sure would love to go out west, go to Europe, and, and just... So what is about New England that is making you like, oh, I'm all done? I just feel like I'm at a standstill here, yeah. and it's and I have You're so many more op- opportunities elsewhere. That's incredible. And I think the you know this was the, the thing for so many. I grew up in Maine. I came here. I left and went to D.C. I traveled all over the place for a bit in my... I think it's important. And then you decide where you're going to sit roots and you don't need to know now and shouldn't. Mm -hmm. One mistake that I made, (laughs) all of you in the room with me right now, um, I had a chance to bike across the country right after I graduated on a a pedal bike (laughs) with friends. And I didn't do it. I had a job that I'd been offered. And I said, I I need to get Mm -hmm. to work. I need to do this thing. And I, I didn't take advantage of that month, those multiple month bike trip because I felt like I would delay my my start. And I think it's scary sometimes to say, I want to just explore for a little bit. I want to take some, some time to just ground and then land. And that I regret that. I regret mm. that I didn't do that because um, it would have been a different part of my life. And I'm not suggesting to everyone um, seek unemployment when you complete at Keene State. That's not my, <laughs> my goal at all. But find find the ways to to drive home your passions and to take care of yourself. That's going to be really important. And there's a long life ahead. And what I know confidently is our students do really well and they move and they find their way into different careers um, as I was fortunate enough to do. So it's it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to hear where you go and what you do. Um, so tell me a little bit about for those students who are thinking about Keene State, um, what would you tell them? Why did you come here? And what's the most important part of why you think this is a place they should look at. I came here for the community. I My first ever tour here, I actually didn't like it. I hated it. And I was like, no, I don't want to be here. I just don't want to be in a small 
campus and my dad was like no you're gonna end up here like I know it so after I decided yes I do want to come here I found my group I found my forever friends Mm -hmm. I found my niche and everything like that and I think that Keen really hones in on on finding your own little niche and your own passion and allowing you to flourish in that and that's then made all the difference for me yeah and I I think I too like when I talk to potential students or to first year second year students who are just coming it does feel small until you get here Mm -hmm. and then it feels small but big you have the ability to be connected and as closely tied to these groups of friends that you want but you can also jump groups you can move you can you can be an autonomous actor if you want to at times and I think that's a hard seismics to find Um, But I hear from students what you've just said a lot, like it feels like the right size and scope. Um, It doesn't feel too tiny and it doesn't feel lost in a cast of thousands if you're moving around campus. So how did you find your forever friends? Like how did you get that? Because I think that's a hard thing for first year students sometimes to find their place in it. And we know that if, if young students don't get engaged right away, it's harder for them to persist through particularly that first year. But how did you find your way into that? As small as the rooms were, the LLC or the Learning Commons, my freshman year really helped that. <laughs> um, we all kind of were forced out into the common rooms. That was a design and, plan, yeah. just so you know, evil, <laughs> evil administrators. <laughs> yeah, so I think, but after that, I you just, you find a group of friends your first, first couple of years, and oftentimes those aren't your friends that are going to be with you when you graduate. Yes. But I found my friends through those group of friends, and yeah. now I live with them off campus, and I love it. And it's, it's incredible. It's amazing, yeah. What other majors for the, the closest friends that you're with? Are they all in the same major? No, they are nutrition majors. Two of them are nutrition majors, and the other one is an art and education major. It, and this is this is the best part of it. I think when I talk to our students, the, the idea that in your majors, you'll often find really good friends that you'll stay with, but more often it's across different majors that students find their way and it's through interests or clubs or being trapped in a small room and you need to go out into the common spaces um but I I think that's a common sense of what defines Keene State is Mm -hmm. the sense of community the sense of finding your place in your niche to, to use your word it's really that's helpful um what would you say to classmates that are graduating I mean you're you're feeling pretty you seem really confident about like this is the right thing for you. You're going to take a little break and then you're going to find your way into working with at-risk youth, particularly through writing and, and support for writing for them. Um, what would you say to your peers about how you've stayed steady? Um, gosh, I think that just knowing that Keen is Keen feels like you can fall back on it a lot. Um, and I've used that to my advantage most definitely to mm-hmm. feel at ease. Like I've come into the center bawling my eyes out for no reason and then feel better. And that's a <laughs> place on campus that I can go to. So I think just knowing that Keen will always be something that you can fall back on and come back to no matter how far away you go. Yeah. Thank you. That's really important. And I, th- so obviously I came back, uh, <laughs> but I think it's true. I think even in the years that I was away, um, I stayed connected with classmates, with um, teammates from the basketball team mm-hmm. who I still see now, and we all have kids, and we're like, oh, my God, we've gotten so old how this <laughs> happened. Um, but it is something about those community roots that are formed here that really stay with you. Um, what is the one thing that you would hope for me to know? Is there something that I can do or something you want to know from me 
as the president of the institution? Um, I think a little plug for the Writing Center yeah. is to get administration and professors to really understand what we do. Yeah. We have a lot of people who have negative connotations to us a little bit where they think that we just edit papers and that's all we do. Yes. Um, so I think getting the word out that that's not at all what we do at the right. center. And it is, I, I think, thank you. Yeah. And I think, yes, that's, I think it's really important to realize that the Center for Research and Writing opens the world. Yes. It isn't about um, prescriptive structure to writing. It's not about <laughs> finding your way. It's about finding your voice exactly. and, and doing so that in, in a way that's effective and well-researched and defensible. And it's probably the most important skill set that people need. Yes. Um, I will say the alumni who I've talked to I talked to hundreds of them, but I would say that a, there is a cadre of our alums who are were English majors or took deep minors in writing, and they're in a myriad of fields, mm-hmm. high tech, all sorts of different fields, but they tr- they accredit their success to the ability to effectively communicate in written form, yeah. that that has been the most important part. And I think the Center for Research and Writing, you, the other tutors, the, the faculty, this is a really important part of what we do to prepare our grads to be nimble and to mm-hmm. be successful. Exactly. So I'll, I'll try to think about how we can do that more broadly and get some megaphones so that it's yeah. clear to the community. <laughs> because it isn't, I think sometimes when you ask for help, you feel like it's somehow remedial. Yes. Um, and it isn't. It's mm-hmm. about opening and it's about coaching and helping. And as I said, I ask for help every day exactly, in my writing. Yeah. So Savannah, thank you. And I can't wait to see where you go and what you do. Um, I wish you a lot of joy and some peace and fun in the spring as you're running to <laughs> the end. Thank you. Um, and good luck in the future. Thanks for taking the time thank to be you. on the show with me. Daniel, thank you for running the board this morning. My pleasure. My pleasure. And uh, a joy to be in studio with you. And Emily, who you didn't get to hear me reference, has joined the studio. We had She's uh, helping us with some tech issues and making sure we're staying online. So um, thank you all for being with me this morning. And to all of our listeners, thank you. And we'll hear you next week on the Campus Corner. Thanks. Thanks.